0: In today's gospel lesson, we find ourselves on a mountaintop. Now, being from Kansas, I really don't know much about mountains. I didn't see my first one until I was 18. And don't get me wrong, Kansas isn't completely flat. We do have beautiful Flint Hills in the southeastern part of the state. But these are not mountains. However, there is Mount Oread on top of which the University of Kansas was built. It was never an easy walk to get to class. I did go to all my classes. By this point in my life, I've had some experience with mountains and the mountain in today's gospel in particular. I have had, as some of you have had, the opportunity to travel to the Holy Land to go to the top of Mount Tabor. Mount Tabor, the story is thought to have taken place. There at the top is the Church of the Transfiguration. Inside the church is a beautiful mosaic. It is a mosaic of the scene we imagine when we hear the story that we heard today. There is a round dome of gold. Jesus is in the center. And he's standing on a cloud. Elijah and Moses flank either side of Jesus, each standing on their own cloud. Peter, James, and John are looking on. It is a beautiful, bright mosaic. There are times when the sun hits it just right, producing a very bright image. Being in the Holy Land and walking in the same places that Jesus and his disciples walked, really brings the biblical stories to life. Last week, Mother Whitney talked about the power of story, the power of story in our lives, our lives as story, and that our lives are story. I believe this is what is so rich about our biblical stories. They are our stories, too. The story of God and God's relationship to his creation, to Israel, and through Jesus' incarnation, we have been woven into Israel's story. We are a part of the story of God and God's relationship to Israel and God's relationship with us. When we read or hear a story, we can take a couple of positions. We can stand far away and be onlookers to the story as it unfolds, or we can enter into the story and ride right along with the characters. I invite us today to enter into the story, to imagine where you have experienced God in your life, where and how God has been revealed to you. These are our stories, our stories of our life with God. So here we are in this magnificent story it begins with a climb up the mountain, a very, very long climb. Jesus led Peter, James, and John up this high mountain, presumably to pray. I mean, we have encountered Jesus going off before to pray by himself in the wilderness. Last week we read that the disciples hunted him down. Now Jesus is taking three of them with him. I don't believe they knew what they're about to witness. Then when they're at the top, and we don't know how long they'd been there, but Jesus is lit up as bright and white as can be imagined. His clothes are dazzling white. Then as unbelievable as this is, there are two other people with Jesus, Moses and Elijah. Peter, James, and John would know immediately who they were. They were the faith's most honored heroes, Moses, the lawgiver, and Elijah, the prophet. But wait, they were dead, weren't they? And now they're alive, standing next next to Jesus, who is pulsating with a bright light? For all that Peter, James, and John experienced on that mountaintop, the gospel tells us they were scared to death. As the gospel reads, they were terrified. With those events, I would have been in stunned silence. But here we have Peter, good old Peter. Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter didn't get an answer from Jesus, but just as Peter finished speaking, a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud came a voice, this is my son, the beloved, listen to him. And then Peter, James, and John only saw one, Jesus. Moses and Elijah were gone, and Peter was answered, He desired three dwellings, but the heavenly answer showed him only one, Jesus alone, Jesus in whom both are brought together. And although this is a very quick revealing of God's glory, it is very clear. There's probably no doubt that Peter knows what he is seeing. Peter hears the voice of God loud and clear. Some of you may have had a mountaintop experience where it was clear to you what God was revealing or saying to you. I envy that. My experience of God in my life has not been so clear. Instead, they have been small mountaintop experiences. Maybe this is the Kansan in me. But there's been stillness. There's been some slight tugging and pulling maybe some faint whispering that I'm trying to hear. All pretty muddled, causing me to do a lot of discerning. I wish it could be all so clear. After it was all over, Jesus and Peter and James and John were heading back down the mountain. As they did so, Jesus told them to tell no one about what they had seen. Well, who would they have told? Who would have believed them? An inexplicable, dazzling, bright light? People appearing who are supposed to be dead? The voice of God in a cloud? This was something pretty easy to keep to themselves. But I can imagine the three of them the next day finding a place to hide, finding a very quiet place so that they could talk to each other about the events from the day before, trying to determine if it really happened, or if they had been in a dream. But the reality is, they had been there. That event would mark their lives as different from that day forward. It would change the way they looked at everything. Jesus is not changed into something new in the Transfiguration. Rather, the disciples are given a brief searing glimpse of who Jesus really is, confirmed by the voice identifying Jesus as the Son of God, and thus confirming Peter's statement earlier in Mark, you are the Messiah. They had been given a glimpse of the future. They saw past the suffering and death of Jesus and into the hope of the kingdom of God just six days before going up the mountain, Jesus told his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, endure great suffering, and be killed, and on the third day, be raised. He told them, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus and his disciples had come down from the mountain to continue on the road to Jerusalem. We read about the Transfiguration today because it marks the beginning of the road to Jerusalem. And in the church year, it marks the last Sunday before our own journey of Lent begins. We, like Jesus' disciples, may gain confidence and strength from visions on a mountaintop, but we cannot stay on the mountain if we are to listen faithfully to the voice from the cloud that said, this is my son, listen to him. Jesus calls us not to admire him, but to follow him. The road to Jerusalem is a hard road, but it is the right road, and it is the road that begins but does not end at the mountain of the Transfiguration. The Transfiguration is a bridge between Jesus' public ministry as a teacher and a healer in Galilee, and the road to his passion, death, and resurrection in Jerusalem. The Transfiguration is a bridge from Epiphany when we celebrate the miracles and works of Jesus' life, to Lent when we focus on Jesus' journey to the cross. Let our Lenten journey begin. Amen.